Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good evening, Patrick. How are you? How are you tonight? Doing all right, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing good. We're uh, we're doing the thing at night, as you know, and it's our last regular episode of the year. Say, yep. let's say normal, but our regular schedule, regu- regularly scheduled episode. Yeah, for the year because uh, obviously we're not recording. We usually do record either Sunday nights, like we are now, or Monday mornings, and you know. The 18th is, you know, we have uh, we have plans that we can't alter. And uh, next Monday will be Christmas and the week after that's New Year's. So, yeah, it's, it's like boom, boom, like right there. That's true. Both on Mondays. Yep. So but fear not, dear friends, that does not mean this will be our last episode of the year. We actually have two uh Great episodes that we're going to bring you. One, we're going to present a week early, or I guess we'll midweek, we'll say midweek. Yeah. And uh, another one we'll have, we'll drop uh, on Boxing Day, as I like to call, as they call it. So we'll have tonight's uh, episode, and then uh, Wednesday, we will have our Happy Merry Whatever, Happy Merry Blessed Whatever. Uh, episode number four i haven't come up with a clever title yet i wanted to i was going to try and do like missile told you so or something like that i don't know mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah uh, work in progress yep i got a couple of days anyways uh we'll be having back our good friend dustin rubin from two dollar weight fee who uh, was able to join me last year to do uh, talk about Christmas movies that he's watched uh, that year during the that season, I guess. And I discussed the ones I had watched that season this year. Same thing. He'll be discussing some of his that he enjoyed that he has enjoyed thus far uh, during his uh, seasonal uh, Christmas holiday movie watching. And I will as well as I my count is now, as I told you, at 22. Yeah. Uh, so plenty to uh, to discuss there. Some of them uh, we've actually talked about on our show here and some that are more lifetime hallmark um, kind of brand, I guess you could say, of Christmas movies. Those will probably be predominantly featured. Yeah. So that again, that'll come out later this week. And then next week we will have our annual best of 2023 episode. and. You know, uh, again, we like to do basically it's what we what to us were our favorites and stood out this year. Obviously, because we're recording it early, it will not include all the movies that are going to be dropping this Friday, you know, Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. I think I kind of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies that will be opening either Friday or Monday. Like, it's just yeah. that, yes. And and we're not talking like just a lot, uh, you know. Um, oh, sorry. Eight movies, eight movies. Anyways, we'll get to that at the end of the episode. But there's 
quite a bit. So we obviously will not be counting those. But what I think we will do is we will have our list. And then by at least uh, by the next time we record a normal episode, we'll have our updated list if there was any we need to update or, you know, add to. Because we will have seen several of these upcoming features by then. So I think that's fair. Yeah. So, and granted, you may have some that you have watched that I haven't watched and vice versa. That doesn't mean that we think less. It was just we haven't had a chance. So we are only, you know, we're only, uh, we will only be given our best of and honorable mentions and also best of kids as well just for movies we have seen in uh, this year. Anyways, that's uh, that's what we have going on, you know, as far as our podcast. Uh, yeah, it's been a quick year, at least. A, I mean, sure. seriously, since school started, it has just been boom, 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 boom. Here we are just in almost end of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like a flash. Yeah. I mean, uh, we discussed, you know, last week that here we are already getting Golden Globe nominations. And I feel like we just ended award season. Yeah. And it's just wild to me. It's just wild. And so it's, you know, with that being said, um, yeah, it's been an awesome year. I've had a blast again. Thanks again, as always, to our guests that have taken time out of their out of their busy schedules, both work and at home schedules to uh, to be with us, to join us, to talk about their love of movies while we get to talk about ours as well. Um, and for most important for you listeners for actually listening and taking time to want to hear what, you know, us two dads like to watch and take our kids to go see. With that being said, all right, buckle your seatbelts, everybody. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight must be the number for the day or for this week. I have eight trailers that came out. We had one last week, one this week. We have eight. Yeah. So, uh, so starting off, we have if this is written and directed by John Krasinski, a young girl who grew, who goes through a difficult experience begins to see everyone's imaginary friends who have been left behind as their real life friends have grown up. The stars, Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Haley Fleming, Steve Carell, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Lou Gossett Jr., Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, uh, Maya Rudolph, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Sebastian Manikaskal, uh, Christopher Maloney, Richard Jenkins, Aquafina, Vince Vaughn, Bobby Moynihan. Like I, it just goes on. Like it won't stop. It's just crazy. Yeah. Huge cast, and it looks awesome. Like I, I, it just, it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun for like yeah, a great looks- family film. Looks very entertaining. <clears throat> I'm it's like, no, like basically it's just what if, you know, your imaginary friends are actually real. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind and of Steve Carell kind of voices the main character and the fact that, you know, you get two office veterans back working together. It's just yeah. awesome. I love it. Uh, but yeah, it's coming out. looks like May. It's coming out in May. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't had a chance to watch this trailer, take take a minute. It is it, it's great. It's awesome. I'm I'm really digging it. 
And next we have, uh, oops, lost my spot here. Bye. Next we have Miller's Girl. Speaking of uh, the office, from the OG office, we have Martin Freeman in uh, Miller's Girl. A creative writing assignment yields complex results between a teacher and his talented student. Uh, this is written and directed by Jade Hallie Bartlett. Sorry, Martin Freeman, Jenna Ortega, Bashir Salahuddin, uh, Gideon Aldon, yeah, and uh, Christine Adams. So, da, da, da. And then uh, next we have Ava DuVernay's Origin. Yeah. The unspoken system has, or excuse me, the unspoken system that has shaped America and chronicles how lives today are defined by a hierarchy of human divisions. Starring Anjanu, Ellis Taylor, John Bernthal, Nisi Nash, uh, Finn Whitrock, and uh, yeah, looks good. I mean, it it you could tell, you could see Ava DuVernay's touch in it. That's for sure. It looks good. Uh, that is like no release date just yet. And neither did uh, Miller's Girl. Didn't have a release date. And then next, uh, for those that are excited, and uh, Dune Part 2. Uh, by the way, coming out March 1st, runtime of 2 hours, 46 minutes. Hey, since <laughs> Oppenheimer and Endgame and you know all the other three, that's all right. It's nothing. Yep. Uh, starring Florence Pugh, Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, Austin Butler, Leah Sado, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Christopher Walken, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, Dave Bautista, Charlotte Rampley, Tim Blake Nelson. I mean, keep going and going and going. But who's who? So it is finally it is finally being released because it was supposed to be released this month mm-hmm. and they got pushed back. Which is good because it got other movies got a chance to shine in the IMAX. Exactly. Exactly. So, yep. Next, we had the American Society of Magical Negroes. Aaron is recruited into a secret society of magical black people who dedicate their lives to a cause of utmost importance. Written and directed by Toby Libby. Libby, because there's two eyes. Libby. (laughs) Starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, uh, Drew Tarver, Michaela Watkins, Aisha Hines, Tim Baltz, uh, Rupert Friend, Nicole Byer. Yeah, yeah that looked, one is coming out March 22nd. Yeah, I saw this trailer like before they had a teaser for it, and I was kind of, yeah. you know, I was excited for it. Then I watched yeah. the full trailer, and now I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, it's like, uh... I don't know. <laughs> Just have to watch it in full and see. Right. Yeah. So, speaking of reactions much like that, Next, we have Beverly Hills Cop, Poland, XOF. Much like you. I was like, oh, cool. Until I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, now I'm kind of yeah. cautious. Now I'm like, I, I want I want so much for it to be good, but I just feel like it, 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 we're going to see the best parts in this trailer. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just wondering if maybe too much time has passed. Right. You know, but I mean, um, I would love for it to be amazing. Yeah. But also, I want to see this in theater, not on Netflix. True. But, you know. Yeah. 
I'm surprised they didn't decide to go at least, you know, limited. Yeah, yeah, just limited. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but, yeah. I guess that's the best. I guess they didn't feel necessary to put it in theater, I guess. I guess. <sighs> so we got Eddie Murphy returning as Axel Foley, Judge Reinhold uh, returning as Billy Rosewood, Kevin Bacon, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Bronson Pinchot returning as Serge, uh, Paul Reiser, John Ashton uh, returning as Taggart. Yeah, I, I just. Mm, Oh no, I want to be excited, but I also don't want to be let down, so I'm trying not to get excited. Yeah. So I'm just gonna kind of leave it be, and just let it just be like, oh, that's coming out soon, and then be like, okay, cool, and then just let it be like that, and decide afterwards. <laughs> exactly. So next, uh, I didn't know this was a gonna be, didn't even know this was gonna be a thing, but apparently it is. Kung Fu Panda Four. Saw a poster for that today, and. I saw the trailer too. Yep. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after Poe is tapped to become the spiritual leader of the Valley of Peace, he needs to find and train a new dragon warrior. While a wicked sorceress plans to resummon all the master villains wh- whom Poe has vanquished to the spirit realm, coming out March 8th. So essentially, his nemesis is going to be a chameleon. Which I think is perfect, the perfect animal, because if you're going to try and harness the, I don't know, the spirits or the talents of prior uh, prior villains, mm-hmm. the chameleon is the best animal to choose. Yeah. Not only do you take the power, you can take their image. Right. Yep. That's dope. I'm, I'm all for it. So everybody's, so yeah, Lucy Liu's returning, Angelina Jolie. Kiwi Kwan is going to do a voice. Uh, Seth Rogen, yeah, Brian Cranston, Jack Black, Aquafina, Jackie Chan, Viola Davis, Ian McShane, Dustin Hoffman, James Hong. So, yeah, love it. And I'm going to be there. Uh, Grayson's already excited for it. Yeah, that'll uh, probably one animated movie I will check out. Yeah, because they've always done a good job. I mean. York will argue that the second one it peaked with the sec that second one is the best one. Yeah, they're all third one was okay, but the second one's the best one in, in his opinion. Okay. So, uh, lastly, we have uh, from A twenty four, Alex Garland's Civil War. In the near future, a team of journalists travel across the United States during a rapidly escalating civil war that has engulfed the entire nation. This is coming out April 26th. Written and directed by Alex Garland, starring Jesse Plemons, Nick Offerman, Kirsten Dunst, Kaylee Spaney, uh, Wagner Mora. Yeah, um, I don't know if I want to see this. It seems like it's a like a spiritual sequel for Leave the World Behind. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Brett, have you even seen the runtime for this? Yeah, I just saw it now. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours, 15 minutes, folks. I mean, that's 15 minutes shy of um, what, the actual Killer Civil Moon. War lasted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if this will, will, will include a intermission. Right. Oh, my gosh. Real Patriots stay in the seats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Again, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if I want to say. 
maybe you know by the time april rolls around i think enough time will have passed but like i I didn't even want to watch the trailer because i just watched leave the world behind and that that one i just i was so mad about <laughs> like i after watching just like god i just hate how real that was yeah and i really just don't need that kind of realism i guess in going on day 24 just, saying hey oh uh, there's more <laughs> it's like it's like oh if you oh if you thought if you thought that was going to get creepy out and make you worry. Hold my beer. Check this yeah. out. Uh, I love them, but no, I don't need this. So yeah, that those are some trailers we got coming out. And got Civil War, then that ISS movie before that. Right, exactly. As if I think they're trying that, to tell us what something. Is, what? Yeah, it's trying to tell us if the if whatever movies that are get nominated for awards haven't depressed you by now, we got you covered. <laughs> don't worry about it. We got you covered. I completely skipped over because we were talking about talking about you know the few the episodes we have coming up. Went straight into trailers. I didn't even ask how are you doing. What's new? Um, oh, I'm doing all right. <laughs> um, it it kind of threw me off. Yeah, I know. Kind of went back to one order. That's what happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, things are good. Finishing up Christmas shopping. I have a couple of things that came in for my niece. Uh, it's kind of hard buying for her because she pretty much asks for everything and almost gets everything. But um, she's in her Barbie phase, so anything Barbie related, whether um, it be doll clothes, yep. you know, like um, cars for them and things yep. of that nature. I should just said, good to go. Send me some yeah. pictures of some things that she likes. That's always and uh, yeah. And um, then yesterday uh, I got lunch at Rafferty's with a friend of mine. Hadn't got together. Shoot, that might have been the, either the first or second time this year. So we got to okay. do that for the end of the year and um, uh, trekked out to Opry Mills this afternoon to the movie I'll be talking about later. Right. And I was reminded why I don't, don't touch go Opry there. Mills during on the weekend, especially. And, especially um, on the weekend. Yeah. And I didn't leave as early as I wanted to. So I was mm-hmm. like, I might miss part of this movie. But thankfully, there's plenty of previews still going when I got in. And um, yeah. And then there's... um employee there at the theater her name is mary she's usually there when i go in you yep. have you seen her i know who you're talking about yeah so I'll, <laughs> you and i also, both go there apparently too much that we know that we're talking about yeah yeah i have conversations with her all the time so she's happy to see me got her got a hug i give her a hug every time i see her so um but yeah good day weekend i think this week be a short week yeah four days yeah, yeah. And um, then we'll Christmas right around the corner. Yep. So uh, I I haven't. No, I did. Okay. Um. So you haven't seen this yet. So I'm about to send it to you as we as I'm explaining this. York finally got his haircut. York's had maybe two haircuts all year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two like all year. And so Friday I went and. As, to go we finally got it scheduled i said do you even know what you want he's like yeah he's like yeah uh you know frankie his best friend uh freaking i've been you know work you know playing it out since like august i'm like really you mean we could have gotten this done back then mm-hmm. and he's like yeah he's like well i mean we've been looking at trying to figure out what i want i said okay so then i said you got a picture so he's like yeah so he shows me the picture and then i got i was like oh wow that's drastic I mean, that's a lot, buddy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I said, okay. I said, now I'm kind of mad that I said, have you shown your mom? No, probably should. I said, no, would it be a surprise? 
I said, now I'm kind of wishing I hadn't seen it. That's a kind of <laughs> big difference. Huge difference. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know how much he got caught up, but he, I mean, it was a bunch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm and it looks good. So what he's wanting to do, he would, the way he got it cut, he didn't fully mention it. He kind of wants it to poof up more, get, you know, mm-hmm. more volume and everything. Working on getting hair product for him to do that. Right. But what I, f- he wants to part it in the middle. I'm like, that's like, you're trying to be Captain Levi from Attack on Titan. You want Captain Levi hair is what you want. I said, okay. And, but currently it basically, whenever we try and do it, he basically looks like my brother, but like when my brother was in high school. Okay. Cause that's the same hairstyle. My brother had just parted in the middle. He didn't have it poofed up, but anyways, but no, it looks good. It looks so good on him though. And, um, it's so good to actually see both of his ears, <laughs> his forehead even. Yeah. You know, I told him, I said, you know, if the sun decides to come back out, you know, anytime soon, you'll be able to get sun on both sides of your face. So, you know, even out the, even out the color. Yeah. Yep. So, I said, my God, York, when you go to Krav, you actually be able to see people that are, that, that are trying to attack you because you don't have hair in front of your eyes. Oh, look. Yep. <laughs> just flip flip it's gonna hurt his neck trying to hair flip now right so but that's seriously probably the most that happened well no i tell you back because york tested his belt test monday night he is now a red belt with a black stripe he will not test again until june when he tests for his junior black belt and krav maga tuesday night grayson test and passed and so she's now a white belt with a blue stripe. If you're in any other, like for her age group, that's what they do. Basically, it doesn't really matter what color the stripe is. It, the belt will always be white. Um, yeah. But essentially, she's for her age group, she's now a blue belt, essentially. So, yeah, she's ex- they're all happy about that with about their testing. They both did amazing, uh, as always. And yeah, and that and then your guys haircut Friday. So wild weekend. We celebrated York's mom's birthday, which is actually Monday the 18th, but we, she had a little birthday party type thing, dinner. So I went to that, uh, Ruth and Grayson spent time with the uh, Ruth's best friend, Colleen, who was in town over the weekend. So they, uh, spent time with her and then I went and then New- uh, York and I came home afterwards. So, and then he whipped my butt in some mortal Kombat this morning and call- then went back to his mom's like, all right, glad I could be here for you to beat up on. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's that. That was what's going on there. So, wild stuff. But no, it was a great week. Uh, tiring, exhausting. Every time I say I'm done shopping, I'm done with Christmas. Everything's good. We're good. Find something here. Find something there. I'm like, Shh, I just need to stop. Just stop. Like everything's wrapped, and ready to go. I just, although our tree topper finally got here. Uh, you know, the star from Mario, mm-hmm. yeah. like the little eyes and everything. I got it. I found it. Well, first I found a tree topper that lights up. That's like that, but it was like $30. I'm like, Ooh, uh. right. Yeah, I don't know. So I just went for I just went with the one exact same one, except it doesn't light up. And it was like eight or $10 like sold and it arrived tonight. So, or this afternoon. So I finally got a star on top of our tree. Nice. Now back to our regular scheduled episode. Our feature presentation this week is the movie 
a third in its uh, iteration, I guess is a good way to say it. Yeah. Uh, we both went and saw Wonka in theaters with a rated PG runtime of one hour, 56 minutes, uh, starring Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka with dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate. A young and poor Willy Wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatillas directed by Paul King who also did the Paddington Bear movies. So it, it has a lot of the same kind of childhood whimsy and fun and just pure imagination, Man. which they, you know, went for like homage for that, but it wound up, I felt like beating you over the head with a chocolate mallet. Yeah. Cause it was kind of playing in the background too. Yeah. Like, part of the score. <clears throat> but here we are. Young Willy Wonka arrives. They're in Belgium, aren't they? Like somewhere in a city in Belgium. I, um, I know it's a European city. I don't know if they were specific or I not, think, but I felt like they mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and they, uh, young, uh, so he, he first comes off the boat with dreams of starting his own chocolate shop because his mother used to make wonderful chocolates played by the the always amazing uh, Sally Hawkins, who, of course, was in the Paddington movies. Uh, so, you know, I'll call back there. And she used to make chocolates for him. And he used to think they were, it was the best chocolate. And that, you know, basically the best chocolate was just made from, uh, you know, kind of made out of love type of thing. Mm-hmm. And when she passed. She, you know, basically, or before she passed, she's basically always follow your dreams. Don't let anyone hold you back. You know, yeah. show, you have a gift. Show that, you know, be sure the world knows, you know, your gift. And you know, she passes. So then he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. So he's traveled the world already and discovering different types of chocolate, things to put into chocolate, and hence all the different kind of whimsical. He's like the Iron Man of chocolate, really, if you think about it. Yeah. He's got all kinds of well, Batman, I guess, because he's got all kinds of gadgets, but they're in the chocolate. True. He's like he's a magician, inventor, he's and Harry chocolatier. <laughs> yeah, it's a Harry Potter chocolatier. Yeah. But of course he doesn't have any money. And he ends up uh meeting someone that can help basically give him a place to stay for the night. You tell he you know, tell checkouts like six PM the next day. Mm-hmm. They uh they're like, Hey, the only cost you was a farthing or something like that or Forgot what kind of denomination they were using. Um, no start. I think it starts with an F. Yeah, I forgot. Anyways, yeah, it. But it was it, one of one, those. We'll just say one coin. There you go. Yeah. One coin. There you go. But of course, he has to sign like this contract. But then it pull it yanks on out, and there's a lot of fine print. Mm-hmm. But Willie's like, "Yep, it all seems in order." The only problem is, we later find out Willie Wonka can't read, so he didn't really know what he was signing. Right. So of course he goes. He tries to. Uh, he stays the night. He tries to sell his chocolates the next day, and you know, and he ends up meeting the other chocolatiers, the cartel, so to speak. Yep. It it did not go too well, but he still came back with his one silver, his one silver coin, just to find out that fine print. Terms they charged him for everything. <laughs> they charged him for walking up the stairs. 
mm-hmm. are walking down the stairs. Using the soap. Yeah. The, or use the supposed, supposed, yeah, the supposed complimentary drink they gave him when he came in yes. before he signed the contract. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, they shouldn't even count it. Nope. But um, someone did try to warn him to read the fine yes. print first. But of course he could can read. Nope. And you couldn't hear her. And her name is Noodle, played by Ella Lane. If you watch Sweet Tooth, she is also in that and awesome in that uh, show on Netflix. You have uh, Patterson Joseph, who plays Slugworth, uh, one of the chocolatiers. Matt Lucas plays Prodnose, the, the second member in the cartel. And Matthew Baton as Dickel Gruber as the third member of the chocolatier cartel. Yeah. So instead of the five heads, you get to three. <laughs> and then you have Freya Parker as Miss Bon Bon, which I always thought I was like, all right, I like that one. That's right. Yes. And then Keegan, Michael key as the chief of police, uh, Jim Carter from Downton Abbey as Abacus crunch, uh, Recky, Thackerar as Lottie Bell, Natasha Rothwell as Piper Benz, Rich Fulcher as Larry Chucklesworth, and Rowan Atkinson as Father Julius. That's kind of your main characters. And then, of course, Olivia Coleman as Mrs. Scrubbit, and Tom da- Tom Davis as Bleacher. So, yeah, we um, so we find out that he ends up having to work to get sent down to the laundry chute, and he ends up having to work for Mrs. Scrubbit's business, which is basically laundry. And you meet the other characters that are stuck down there too, that two got suckered by the fine print and are having to essentially work off their wages. Kind of like student loans. Yes. It's like, it's never going to happen. Exactly. And what Willie ends up doing is finding a, it's coming up with a very clever, uh, like almost like Rube Goldberg type of contraption. Mm-hmm. To where they get uh, Bleacher's dog to kind of like a carrot, a uh, rabbit chasing a carrot type of thing with the dog, and the dog ends up operating this contraption to make it to basically do the scrubbing and washing and all that without him, without Wonka having to be there. So Willie's able to sneak out and uh, you know try and sell his chocolates, and has all these amazing different ideas. Of what you know, the chocolate's always more than what it is. You know what? Yeah, what it's uh, supposed to be, because they have some that make you fly, or at least levitate. We'll say, yeah, and some that you know. There's also others that can do other things and make you feel different ways. Uh, one that's like a champagne concoction. One, cha- you know, first taste is like champagne, and then as you keep eating it, there's a white wine followed by. Red wine, and it makes you feel different ways. Yeah. And so finally, you just conk out. I think it's supposed to give the whole experience of going out yes. without really going yes. anywhere. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just wild. Now, mind you, throughout this entire movie, they're singing and dancing. Like, there's, it's a musical. Yeah. Like, it's not advertised as a musical, but I'm here. Patrick and I are both here to tell you it's a musical. Very much so. <laughs> I mean, I was expecting songs because the original Willy Wonka did have singing in it, but that's true. It, but, uh, but I wasn't expecting like 
dance numbers, a la like a like um, West Side Story type style. Right. Yes. So we got that. But uh, it wasn't bad. You know, I'm not a musical fan, but I was like, ah, this is okay. You know, <laughs> I was I was all right with it. Yeah. As, ex- well, as unexpected as it was. Yes. And Grayson really enjoyed it, too. Yeah. As my movie date for this one. She really enjoyed it. She thought it was great. She she said it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Because when, uh, when Ruth, after how it was a movie, she goes, it was a lot of fun. Which usually, like, it's her reviews will be, you know, how was it? Good. You know, that's one word answer. Good. But it's drawn out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And there is much like the Patty Two movies. There is a lot of whimsy, a lot of u- amazing use of color in this movie. This movie looks like it actually is a musical, like a staged musical. Like mm-hmm. there's just a lot of practical, uh, practical scenes in this that just really help really just kind of draw you into the movie. You not only get, you know, kind of like a sense of Willie's origin story, but you also get eventually fairly late in the film, the Oompa Loompa played by Hugh Grant. Yeah. Who's the Oompa Loompa. I think is only, I think I counted five scenes in the entire movie. Yeah. Not much. No, it is maybe 10 minutes total of screen time. If even that, yeah, if even that, which is fine. It's just you, cause it is, you know, it's, it's Willy Wonka's story, but you always kind of see how they meet and you then get this particular Oompa Loompa's like origin, you know, why, why he keeps chasing Wonka around and everything. And yeah, they ended up kind of befriending each other. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like it's not, yeah. it's like everything in it just it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is, it is a fun movie. Um, we okay with saying like what the origin is behind their meeting? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I don't think it's going to give really anything. It's not going to give anything plot wise away. All right. So, like with his hover chocks, like some of the yeah. ingredients he used, he while his, during his exploration, he made his way to where the Oompa Loompas were, and he took a couple of, I guess, choco nuts from them, and so. Uh, Hugh Grant's character's lofty Oompa Loompa, and he fell asleep on the job, which allowed Wonka to steal what he took from the island, allowed him to make his chocolates. But Lofty was the one that's supposed to be on guard to prevent that. And so he's been set out to basically have Wonka pay the debt of stealing these two or three chocolate nuts that he uses in his ingredients. And so every time he makes a jar full of those chocolates, Lofty comes and steals the jar. And which is making it difficult for Wonka to make back his money. But, um, you know, eventually they kind of work things out. It's just interesting. There's even a scene where he's in his little little chair where he's taking a nap and motorized where he leans back and, you know, a little running gag of every time somebody says, hmm, they'll be like, oh, oh, nothing. Then they say it again. Like, no, it's got to be something. You said it twice. (laughs) After two, after two hmms. Yeah. It's like, no, no, there's something going on there. Yeah. So spit it out, but um, spit it out. yeah, I mean it's you know get in there, how they meet, how they eventually work together, and why we see the older Willie Lake later, why they yeah. got their their thing going. It's just it's it's kind of like a lot of movies that have come out that maybe the critics haven't really liked, uh, or is getting you know I guess uh, yeah. review bombed. 
Yeah. Um, just got a, it's, it's a, it was a surprise. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it, but I did. Right. Same here. I was like, uh, this will be, this will be okay. Yeah. But I think I enjoyed it more than I thought it would for sure. Mm-hmm. As somebody who's still completely terrified of the Gene Wilder one, like Oompa Loompas are us- usually are like that. That's the one thing I still haven't like gotten yeah. over as a child. Yeah. Haven't conquered that. Yet. Terrified, <laughs> yeah. Terrifies me. Um, so like the Tim Burton one, I wasn't really in a rush to go watch that one either. Um, I eventually did and ended up only liking the Oompa Loompas in that movie and everything else. I go without yeah like the entire movie it's yeah um this one i just yeah this one's this one's good i really enjoyed it and so did um so did grayson so and i told i told her i said you would you'd like this one you, i think you'd like this one a lot it's a lot of fun uh so yeah apparently hugh grant said that director paul king quote sent me a mock-up of the oompa loompa stark naked and then, and my little children were a little alarmed and at that thing added. Um, it was one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. If it ever leaks out, a generation of children will be scarred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, don't, I don't even want to imagine. Oh, man. It's too funny. But yeah, so the design of the Oompa Loompas was taken straight out of uh, the Gene Wilder 71 film. Because the, uh, which was the first adaptation of the novel, the original novel has no specific descriptions of the Oompa Loompas, except that they have knee-length height, have long hair, and speak their own language. You know, pygmies. And of course, there's the stories about how Timothy Chalamet kept getting sick, you know, because he of all the chocolate and stuff he had to eat for the film. Paul King got. Gain, said he gained 50 pounds from which I'm sure is an exaggeration because <laughs> they had a professional chocolatier, you know, make all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Keegan, Michael Key's character had a chocolate addiction as the um, chief of police. And they basically the chocolate cartel paid him off in chocolates and yeah, too much chocolate. <laughs> well, definitely went to his hips, his mm-hmm. stomach, his face. <laughs> Yep. A moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. (laughs) Exactly. And then some. But yeah, it was pretty funny. It's like, oh, car's getting smaller. They're like, (laughs) yes, that's it. Sure, sure. (laughs) But yeah, um, I think we both would, it's safe to say we would recommend this movie. Especially for uh, kids. It's There's nothing scary in this movie. No. Even remotely. Even the Oompa Loompas are, it's hard to get, be scared of Hugh Grant, so. All right. I mean, it's and um, it's geared for the younger crowd, but yeah. I mean, I, I can see myself rewatching it later on. Yeah. So, which I didn't expect to be the result of that. I thought it would just be one of those. Hell, I watched it once. Cool, but I can see myself watching it again. Same. Okay. Um, I think it's your turn this week, friend. So I made it out to watch the movie called The Shift which is from Angel Studios, same studio they did Sound of Freedom and uh, um yeah. Okay. So but this this is kind of um feels very faith-based in its yeah. story. So um it's a loose adaptation of the book of Job. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, where uh, Satan's well, well, Job has wealth, large family, and uh, Satan basically says he can make Job turn away from God if he takes everything from him, and um, he's allowed to do that to get, get proven wrong. So, in this, you have it follows Kevin. Well, um, <clears throat> the shift released December first of this year. Runtime of an hour and 55 minutes, directed by Brock Heasley, uh, stars Christopher Paloha as uh, Kevin Garner, uh, Neil McDonough as the benefactor, Elizabeth Tabish as Molly, Rose Reed as Tina, John Billingsley as Russo, Paris Patel, Jordana, Jordan Alexandra, and Sean Astin as Gabriel. Uh, after meeting a mysterious stranger, a man must escape a dystopian world to return to his wife. So Kevin is a hedge fund manager, hedge fund manager, who has just lost his job due to the collapse of uh, Bear Stearns, I guess yeah. it's called. And um, and so he heads to the ho- to a bar, a hotel bar, to drink. But you also see that he's he's got one of those um, coins, smoking that he's been sober. So he's debating on if he wants to. Get back all the wagon. Right. But then he gets approached by a woman named Molly, who on a dare with her friends, dares her to go up and talk to him to spark a conversation, maybe get a date. She kind of rethinks it because it's kind of a bad idea because he could be a serial killer. But they get to talking. They um, hit it off pretty well. And that eventually leads to them having a relationship and getting married and having a kid. But uh, that child either went missing or dies. They don't really explain what happened to them but we see them later where their relationship is estranged they're not really talking to each other and you know she's the alcoholic and he's got a job that he hates and now he works for a boss that's younger than him that doesn't like him because of his own problems and right so it looks like he's on the verge of getting fired from this job and so he leaves he's just sitting in his car calls molly and um, during their conversation, she's asking him about something that he had promised her that he was going to do, but he has no re- recollection of even having that conversation. But while they're in the middle of talking, a car comes out of nowhere and just hits him from the side. And then next thing you know, he wakes up and apparently got pulled out of the car by a man that identified himself as the benefactor, played by Nick McDonough. Mm-hmm. But the benefactor explains to him that he basically shifted him from that reality to where he's at now. And that conversation that he had with his wife, he kind of manipulated by taking a different version of Molly and switching it with his right. wife. So the conversation. Sorry, it was, sorry, that phrasing caught me up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so we're still talking about a person, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. Just, okay. Yes. Yes. A human okay. Molly. Okay. All right. Um, but, um, <laughs> so basically the conversation that she's talking to was a conversation she had with her version of Kevin, okay. which is why he was confused by her asking about this thing he promised and he never did. But that's because the benefactor switched people out, which caused that confusion between them, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, basically Kevin has taken everything taken from him, his job his wife and he's trying to get back to her, but 
he hasn't can't figure out a way to get out of this world that he's in. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's you know, but he has um, there's a guy named Russo that has a machine that allows you to see different memories. So he keeps going to to look to see if he can find Molly. Um, so Russo tells him that that will never happen. You know, it's just, just one of those unlikely things. But uh, but on this one, he does see her, which, you know, Russo's like, this. that's not supposed to happen. And he's doing odd and in, odd jobs to bring in what little money he can to as far as food and groceries. Yeah. And then he meets Gabriel, played by Sean Astin, and they don't have religion there. So he pretty much writes scriptures from his memory and gives them to Gabriel to kind of keep him going. Um, I mean, it's 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 a weird movie because it's like it's not like really yeah. not everything on it's clear, but it's just overall theme is just no matter what your situation yeah. is, don't give up. All, you know, keep fighting for what you want. Um, it was a, a little different than what I expected. I thought okay. it was going to be a lot more like lift, literal shifting from different times, which there's a little bit of that toward the end, but it's mostly focused on Kevin trying to, he basically, but he is showing that he's, despite his situation of not having a lot of money, he's always given food and what loose change he has to people. So he hasn't yeah. lost faith, basically, despite his situation. Um, I guess that's the overall message: just keeping positive yeah. attitude despite your situation. Okay. And he's still working to try to find his Molly, human Molly. There you go. Okay. <laughs> awesome. In the midst of you know watching Christmas movies, mm-hmm. I found a documentary. I know I watched a documentary. Still, okay. been a lot fewer this year. Yeah. But I found the perfect documentary to watch for christmas i watched i rented on itunes you can also find it on amazon prime or wherever you uh rent your streamed movies your vod's so to speak i watched a disturbance in the force the runtime of one hour 25 minutes this documentary is about the star wars holiday special from 1978 Remember you tell me about this. In 1978, filmmaker George Lucas is persuaded to turn over Star Wars to the world of the 70s Variety Hour, culminating in the Star Wars Holiday Special, which aired November 17, 1978, often cited as one of the worst forms of entertainment of all time. I think that's a bit much. So, uh, this documentary was... uh, Directed by Jeremy Kuhn and Steve Kozak. There's a there's obviously a lot of footage. Uh, there's a ton of audio recordings from the producers and people that were involved in making this uh, TV special. But the documentary interviews uh, Bruce Valanche, Kevin Smith, Weird Al, uh, Mick Garris, Donnie Osmond, Jason Lindsay, Seth Green, uh, Teron Killiam. Gilbert Godfrey, which this is Gilbert's last on-screen credit, I guess you could say, before his passing, and uh, Paul Shear, and a host of others, uh, Bob Mackey, Bonnie Burton. Like, there's a bunch of people in this that they interviewed that have a lot of pop culture knowledge, film knowledge, Star Wars knowledge, and uh, people that were actually involved in this production. So 
when Star Wars originally came out, of course, they sci-fi was not big, not very popular. So the fact that they, you know, as most people kind of know, Star Wars wasn't expected to do well at the box office. But they went on, like, they would actually have people go dressed in character out on the streets and show up at, like, different, like, events in character to help kind of help promote the movie. Because, you know, no internet uh, those days. And they weren't getting booked on the uh, late night programs at the time because, you know, there weren't any big names in this movie. So they had to rely on whatever they can get. And of course, when Star Wars came out, there was it, it was a huge box office success. So of course, that Christmas, every kid wanted Star Wars, you know, like toys. Except there were not any toys available yet, because again, they were not expected to do well. So therefore, they were not going to get the toy licensing and stuff like that because it was expected to bomb. So as the movie continued to be successful they you know got toys into production but they weren't going to be ready until christmas of 78 and not christmas of 77 this is also during the time it's also before like vhs tapes and uh you know things like that that would make movies rewatchable at home there's no way to watch it unless it came on the tv and so movie like that you have to they were you know uh Studios relied on movies to stay in theaters as long as possible. Unlike today, where, you know, three months and get the hell out, you know, we'll have you ready to rent or buy on, uh, on, on either, uh, Apple or Amazon or whatever. But back then they had to stay in theaters for as long as possible. So, you know, by fall, so, you know, by, and so the toys were getting ready to, we're getting ready, you know, we're being produced, but in, they're getting ready to be ready for sale. But they're like, well, is the interest still there? Right. It's been almost a year. So they they came up with the idea in order to keep Star Wars, you know, relevant, I guess, so to speak. Uh, George Lucas came up with these idea of like 10 different, like vin- kind of like vignettes, but like these 10 mini acts, you know, to various different short stories that can be put together and they finally and so cbs decide well we'll just do this we'll do this but we'll do it in like a variety show type of thing okay because those were because that was popular back then just variety shows you know lawrence welk show donnie marie all this stuff yeah just had various different variety shows going on so decided they were going to do this in a variety show because it was popular so at this point, Lucas more or less uh, kind of drew up ideas and that, and then kind of left it because at that point he was then working on pre-production for uh, Empire Strikes Back. So all his time and energy was going to pre-production of the next movie. Yeah. So he really had no involvement in this, other than he wanted to really explore the home life of Chewbacca and other Wookies. And so that came about, or came about with the very first segment of this variety show. It is 15 minutes of Chewbacca and his family interacting. Mind you, they are still speaking in Wookiee. So for the first 15 minutes, there is no dialogue in this film. Goodness. 
And this is before TVs would, you know, use subtitles because they they said the audiences are going to want to take time to read. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, as one person saying. said, you know, it's, they're basically you're watching people mime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on on screen. By the way, you can find uh, the Star Wars Christmas special on YouTube. FYI, I know this because I started watching it one time, long time. I think last year or year before. It's been a while, but yeah, it, it it's it's a little it's it's tough to watch. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's tough to watch. So as they're coming up with these different acts and different things to do, they're like, okay, what celebrities are we now? Mind you, the entire cast of Star Wars is in this holiday special. Why you may ask? Contracts. They had to. They did not have a choice. Legally bind it. Yep. And when you look at Mark Hamill's makeup on this, you're like, wow, it, that's a lot of makeup. Again, this is being made by variety show people in like uh, Broadway and people they brought in from like Broadway. Mm-hmm. So, of course, on stage, you know, on a Broadway stage, you cake on as much makeup as possible because. That way people can see you further back right. and it's more exact. It has to be more exaggerated. So it, <laughs> it looks rough. Like his makeup is like, wow, that's a lot. And it's, it's, you know, they're not used to doing makeup for TV. So they, they're like, okay, what celebrity guest stars are, can we get? Okay, well let's get. So of course, you know, cause it's CBS. So it's all going to be people that are affiliated with shows on CBS. And because it's variety show people, which are, Older people, they get B. Arthur, because this is before pre Golden Girls, so they get Maud uh, to guest as a bartender at the cantina. Now, it's never really said whether it's not whether it's the cantina from Mos Eisley or if it's a different one, but it's the same band. So we're just what, and it's all the same characters from the cantina scene in the first Star Wars. And apparently it was absolutely miserable to shoot that that entire part because it was like a hundred degrees on that stage and everybody's in these masks that they can't breathe in. And so they would have to stop because people were passing out. Yeah, it was wild. And they're trying to and uh B. Arthur only agreed to do it if she can do a musical, if she could sing a musical number. And then and then you get Harvey Corman in the special playing three different roles, you know, in various different uh, acts, we'll say. Just, uh, like, it's wild. So they're getting all these older actors, and then uh, Art Carney as well, like, from The Honeymooners. <laughs> so they're getting all these older actors instead of getting, you know, people that would be more age-appropriate for who's watching this, you know. And so it's, yeah, it's wild. It's just the pains and painstaking steps it took to even get this made like they kept going over budget so like at the final like life day scene mm-hmm. they the production designers like we like what are we planning on doing for the ceremony and everything it's like what are you talking about like what are we doing for the set and like nothing we are we have no like we're over budget like we have no money we're not we don't have one Dang, it's like out. i mean this is like the major like it's like the finals like what are you talking about it's like, I'll tell you what, go to every candle shop and buy all the candles. And so they lit this scene with, you know, big candles, small candles, fat candles, skinny candles, just anything they could <laughs> to make this work. Everybody's dressed in these like red generic robes 
because it was cheap. Yeah. <laughs> because it was cheap to make, you know, to make. And uh yeah, it was just wild. It is if you love Star Wars, you will like you'll really enjoy this documentary and it's worth the, you know, the five dollar rental. Just, you know, if you're a, a diehard fan. Uh if you enjoyed the wild story about this crazy special, because again, it aired only once and that was it. George Lucas absolutely hates it. And he, I think he once quote was quoted as if I could find a way to get every bootleg copy of this and destroy it, I would. Hey, but now we had the internet. So good luck. Right. <laughs> so you get rid of one thousand more pop up. Just exactly. because, just because, just because exactly. And it's, and like, Everybody hates being asked, like basically the cast, everybody hates being asked about the Christmas special. It's like, listen, it's a thing that exists. Embrace it. Yep. I'm surprised. I'm honestly surprised CBS hasn't released it. They probably don't want to. They might not. But I mean, shoot, if they could, if they, if they could make money off of it, I'd be surprised. Because you know how much money you can make off of that? Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. True. It's a money maker. <laughs> It's a rare. It's rare. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but this documentary was great. I I learned a lot by watching it, and I think it's definitely worth um definitely worth the watch. Uh, the documentary about the Christmas special, I believe, is a lot more worth the watch than the actual special itself. One thing they did do really cool uh, that I forgot was done in there in the uh, Christmas special is there's like a ten minute animated. Uh, Short about Boba Fett, like really the first time Boba Fett was kind of introduced. And in fact, you know, the Mandalorian, I call it like a pitchfork gun where it has like the two prongs at the end mm-hmm. that uh, from in the show in the show, the Mandalorian, that is actually taken from that cartoon from the Christmas special. Like John Favreau took that from there and incorporated it into the movie like you're not gonna or into the TV show. I mean, so, yeah. And the in. Uh, give it credit where credit's due the cartoons actually shot really well and the animation's very unique and actually looked really cool so i don't know it might be a a shining light maybe just watch that part but yeah it's it's something that's for sure i'll I'll give i'll give it that but yeah definitely if you like star wars and curious about this i highly recommend it it's it's definitely um educational at say the least so I, i but i really enjoyed it that's a disturbance in the force. All right. So this, well, I, I, normally we, we would say this week, but honestly, it's this Friday and this Monday. Uh, we have movies coming out. We have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, that's probably going to be a thing that exists. Yeah. And it is the last uh, DC movie in the current. I guess what's left uh, of the extended universe. Yes. Um. And then we have Migrations finally coming out. So no more having to see that trailer in the theaters anymore. I like to play that trailer at the loudest volume, too. They do. They sure do. Grayson's very excited to go see it. I'm going to just be glad to finally see it and then not have to see the trailers anymore. Kind of like Morbius. I was yeah. That was the best part about Morbius uh, coming out, is that, thank God, it's finally out. I quit seeing these damn trailers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they, they wore out those trailers. Jeez Louise. 
Uh, we also have Ferrari coming out, the color purple, the Iron Claw, anyone but you, American Fiction, and the Boys in the Boat. A lot. That's a lot of quality movies coming out in a week. In a week's time, I should shoot three days' time, really. Yeah. You know, between the two. Um, like starting to re- re- release the Christmas movies early. Yeah. <laughs> release. They're releasing the Christmas Kraken is what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christmas man. movie Kraken, at least they're. Yeah, it's uh, about to hit. We're going to have a lot to talk about when we come back in the new year. That's for sure. That's true. I know we're going to try and do a special episode with our other uh, co-host from $2 late fee. Um, Zach Schaefer has a wrestling podcast that he also does uh, called Territory Marks. And we're going to try and get together and do a special episode so we can talk about the Iron Claw. It'll be a lot of fun. So we are holding off on that after we watch it. Yes, very exciting. And that's that's what we got, man. That's our end of our episode for this year, I guess you could say. Yeah. All right. Wow. Wow. That's. Guess we'll say what. See you next year. I guess. I guess we're we're gonna be those dads. Oh, yeah. See you next year. <laughs> yep. And uh, we'll close this out by me telling one god awful dad joke. How much does Santa pay to park? Oh, no. How much does he pay? (laughs) Nothing. It's on the house. Ah, gotcha. Ah, there you go. You got it. All right, everybody. It took a minute. It's all right. It's, it's, I mean, I, you know, I had a clown open the door for me. It was a nice jester. (laughs) All right. Happy, merry, blessed, whatever. And we will see you all in 2024. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.